Hi, my name is Mark Fontaine and welcome back to another podcast exclusive episode of the Service Design Show. There's probably no doubt in your mind that prototyping is an essential part of the design process. You probably know the mantra of failing often to succeed sooner. Now, when it comes to physical products, you most likely already have an idea of what a prototype is. But we are not in the business of designing products. We're designing services. So what is a prototype of a service? That's way more fuzzy. And what does prototyping the verb even mean in the context of services? In our recent Circle Community session, we decided to explore this topic. And in this episode, you're going to learn the key insights that emerged. Because as it turned out, service prototyping or experimentation, as we'll often refer to it in this conversation, can be viewed and maybe should be viewed as an entire discipline on its own. A discipline with its own set of well-established theories, tools and frameworks. The what, how and why you test the service has huge effect on the value that you'll get out of your experiments. So the question we want to help you answer is, are the experiments that you're doing the right ones? Are they really the best investment of your time and resources? And what can you do to set up more effective service prototypes? If you stick around till the end of this episode, you'll walk away with the five tips for doing better experiments that our circle participants all could agree on. I invited Irina Demaskan and Dembot who facilitated the circle session to share them with us. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you haven't yet heard about the circle, let me quickly fill you in. The circle is a community for in-house service design leaders who want to grow as professionals. We get together every month to share stories, failures, and best practices, always exploring a different but relevant topic that goes beyond the basics. The circle provides a safe space to reflect on your practice, something I found many service design professionals struggle with when they are chasing never-ending to-do lists. So if you're an in-house service designer who wants to connect and learn from other peers, then I encourage you to join us. To get all the details and instructions on how you can apply, head over to servicedesignshow.com circle. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode that almost wraps it up for the intro the only thing left for me to say is let the show begin welcome to the show irina and then hi mark hey hello that was uh, quite orchestrated sounded really good <laughs> um i'm going to have so much fun in this uh episode because it's going to be a circle reflection again uh, circle episode number 10 again wow um we're going to talk about a topic that uh, hasn't come up that often on the service design show in the last 150 episodes. I'm not sure why, because it is an important topic. So uh, let's let's see how far we get today. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to invite you to give a short uh, introduction of who you are. Maybe Irina, you could start today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mark. So um, I'm Irina. I'm uh, a service designer. I started this uh, this this track about uh, five years ago in an official way because I've been doing UX before that and a lot of business consulting uh, since the beginning. Uh, I'm now working for a, a big corporate in-house, but uh, before that, I, I I was a consultant for ten years. So I worked with quite a few um organizations from different types of budgets and scales and i've had both um the services offline and the digital ones when they started emerging and i've seen the transformation of um trying to tr trying to do only digital or to do the digital transformation but also to try to really consider now the hybrid version where we need to manage the complexity of these uh different uh journeys so yeah right that's you yeah yeah you, you, you sort of humbly mentioned that you are now at a big corporate if people are interested they can uh, yeah get, well they, linkedin is always like they a, can look, a, a a, look you up on linkedin yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay thanks irina uh dan um what about you what do you do these days yeah thanks mark um so I'm Dan, uh, Director of Service Design and Innovation at Feeding America. It's a NGO in the U.S. It's about the third largest NGO 
Uh, we work with a network of 200 food banks who work with food pantries that rescue food from the supply chain and get it to people that need it. Um, so my role is more part of the in-house innovation lab uh, where we're working with the internal business and with our, our partners to co-create new products and services. Um, uh, and previous to that, I, was, I worked in healthcare also in more of that in-house uh, innovation lab uh, as a service designer in the healthcare space. Hmm. Cool. Different, diverse backgrounds and diverse experience. But a topic that you both sort of agreed upon uh, would be interesting to discuss uh, with our community of in-house service design professionals. And that's the topic of prototyping services or minimal viable service prototypes or service experiments or anything that has to do with testing, prototyping. And I really like that topic because... Um, we always say the prototyping is sort of a core part of the design process. And in a lot of design disciplines, uh, we understand sort of what prototyping means, the tangible uh, artifacts that we can touch, see, smell, hear, and do other things with. With services, it apparently is seems much harder. There is much less knowledge around this. And... Um, you sort of suggested why not let why not bring this topic into the circle and see how everybody is approaching prototyping how are they experimenting with services and uh, just see what's going on did i summarize that correctly Irina? <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much i would say we really focused on how to build experiments more than calling them a particular way because obviously part of the experimentation you would have a prototype that you want to test but i think the experiment uh, um, uh, phrasing or wording encompasses a bigger um, scale of of things and and that's where I, I think what you mentioned about our diverse backgrounds really helped us uh, find that uh, common approach between all these different things that we're doing. Then um, you were one of the first people who sort of said this might be an interesting topic to uh, sort of explore together here. How did you arrive uh, at at this topic? Yeah, you know, I mean, um, as you say, Mark, you know, we're all dealing with prototypes in different kinds of ways. Um, and I think I've always kind of struggled with, are we putting in the right amount of effort for the value that we're getting out of these processes? <laughs> Especially if you're an in-house service designer and you don't have a lot of other people uh, on your team or you're working in that kind of context, it's hard to sometimes gauge those things. And as I talk with my peers, I think some of them are struggling with some of those same things. How do we know that we're getting the right value out of these uh, different services? Especially when sometimes the minimal viable service is sort of where we end and we don't get, we aren't able to move past that are we then really doing our duty to really de-risk uh, and, and make sure that we're aligning the right value uh, for the services that we're creating? Mm. Yeah, that that is maybe one of the biggest frustrations in the service design space that we the, the fuzzy front end, like the research, the idea generation, um, we tend to be pretty good at that and then sort of moving into making it more tangible, uh, manifesting the things the concepts that we're actually designing seems to be uh, much harder. Now, I don't want to spend an entire episode on semantics, and I know we could do that, Irina, but uh, <laughs> let's let's try to maybe summarize some of the um, terminology here, because what is it that, from your personal experience, what do you mean when you say experimentation with mm -hmm. regards to services that, that we, we found in the circle that it, it can be so much, but what does it mean for you? Yeah. So I guess um, the idea of experimentation comes from a logic that you use to uh, basically create a repeatable and pre predictable procedure to generate data to support your stakeholders in deciding how to move forward. And some of the ways that you can do that is by, I don't know, uh, looking at how how is your service perceived uh, as opposed to the products that you're that are supporting the service because most of the times the difference between um, product experimentation and service experimentation doesn't get a lot of conversation and i would 
I would really emphasize on, on, on making that difference uh, between testing a product and its usability and testing and experimenting with a service because that logic is at a higher level. And that's where the semantics that you were talking about, we can obviously discuss what is that higher level in different uh, situations, but in a nutshell, that higher level is uh, according to what your stakeholders uh, want to put in the world. What mm. is their mission? What is the goal of your company? And, and how does it, like how does the service that you're putting out there support that mission? Mm. I liked how you mentioned in your explanation that it's about gathering data and testing and validating assumptions. Um, yeah. I think that's a beautiful already sort of uh, visualization of what uh, what the goal is of experimentation, what the maybe experimentation is in general. You mentioned that with products, it's easier. Then uh, I'm curious, like also when we say experimenting with services or prototyping services, like service alone like that word is very loaded and it's such <laughs> such big thing how do you what would you say is the thing that you're actually testing what is it that you're prototyping when you say you're going to prototype a service yeah well i think there therein lies the the key uh you know because there's so many things you can test um Ultimately, I think we're testing the uncertainties. Uh, I think, you know, we're trying to figure out what are the things that we're most uncertain about uh, and we're trying to make sure and what are the things that are most important to the, the success of our product or service or service. Uh, and we're testing those things. So, I mean, it could look like, you know, breaking up a service into its indiscreet or discrete components and testing those little components. It's not about testing the entire thing. It's about trying to find out how do you, as Arena was saying, set these up in repeatable, predictable procedures and say, okay, well, we could try this in two different ways. Let's really try to figure out what, what's the right way to make sure that we're getting the value for our stakeholders uh, that, that we, we hope to be getting. Later on in this conversation, we'll dive into some of those ways you can actually break it up into smaller pieces and how to, uh, how to do that. Um, but before we get into that, um, Irina, I'm curious, like, if you if you think back uh, on your experience and uh, the design processes that you've been part of, now looking back on it, can you identify some um, maybe signs or red flags where you see that uh, maybe you're experimenting too little, or maybe that the organization is preventing you from doing the experiments that you'd like to do? What gives it away? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good one uh, because. I I can recall a moment when I had my own startup and it was a service of um, um, facilitating uh, bike parking solutions and um, I I was trying to experiment with the fact that you need to use that type of technology the bike parking pole to um, to put your bike next to the train station and. I realized that we are experimenting with a technology that people are already aware of. Everybody knows how to tap a card. It's no, it, it, it's no real, like it, it, it's a no brainer technology. So we should not necessarily experiment with that, but we should experiment with the value that that service provides. And in that context, it could have been that some people are parking closer to the train station because they're trying to commute and um, uh, this is a part of their bigger journey. And in other cases, it would have been that they want to occupy the parking spot closest to the park to, to the train station just because um, it, it's easier for them in, in a particular moment of the day. Um, and trying to find that value is something that um, as you were trying to, to sort of figure out what kind of value am I testing for and what what gives it out? Um, for me, it was understanding that um, the type of um, of customers who are looking to get the commuting, they would be uh, looking for a bigger picture that I cannot own. <laughs> And the other one I can own, but I will then, then infringe on public space, for example, and not provide either, um, um, other people who would not necessarily pay for the service to park in the same spot. So it's it's always a trade-off of 
looking at your service in 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 your particular interest for the customer versus the ecosystem that you're playing in in this case it could have been you know the national rails but also the bigger picture of the public space of that city and when you're trying to do that I, yeah i think um in a nutshell the 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 type of service design that you can do in mobility is so complex that um it, it, it gives away uh, all these uh, different aspects of the ecosystem and zooming in and out of your organization. That's the thing that makes it even hard with services because the holistic nature is already so complex and uh, testing for value, like what is value that's already, uh, you, you enter so many rabbit holes. Um, uh, <laughs> then I'm curious uh, if you look uh, within your context, within your organization, um, what are some of the um, barriers to doing more experiments and maybe doing the right experiments? Maybe we haven't yet talked about that, but what is the right experiment? But let's let's first start. Sorry, let's first start. What what uh, barriers do you experience? Yeah, I think within my organization, you know, I mentioned one, which is just when we do have the opportunity to do experimentation. There's so many things as you said, with services that you can experiment on so many different dimensions and trying to make sure that we're, you know, we definitely have examples from our own practice of maybe testing things where we weren't getting the right value. We're spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to test these things. Um, we were trying to test a uh, self pickup uh, model for a, a new um, distribution model. And we spent a lot of time, you know, running these different experiments, trying these different models. And in the end, it wasn't really important to the minimum viable service. None of the stakeholders were really asking for it. Um, and we had spent, you know, 25% of our time on, on something like this. So was it really like worth our time? We, what else could we have been testing? Um, so one of the barriers is just, is just that, um, you know, in my previous organizations, uh, I mentioned I was also in-house, but we didn't do the testing. We handed that off to someone else. Uh, and the challenge there was that they just didn't have that. Um, vocabulary practice, you know, they were really just more about a piloting team. And so that we, you know, we would hand off these prototypes, uh, you know, one step past the paper prototype, and they just went straight to pilot. And they were, we were advocating for all of these different experiments, uh, but they just didn't have that language. And so part mm -hmm. of the barrier there that we broke in the circle as well is just you sometimes work within organizations where there's that gap, there's that, um, you know, immaturity within the organization that needs to be developed. And Rena and I are sort of talking about what role is it for service designers to, to build that? You know, I think that was our failure and just passing it over the wall and uh, not helping them. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Irina, uh, do you have uh, anything related to this? What common barriers do you see? Yeah, so as I said, the one that I that I gave as an example was part of understanding the value of the service. But there's like in bigger organizations, when you work with uh, big corporates, uh, you see that you're actually part of helping the transformation, the organization itself transform. And I think that was a really big lesson for me in my previous role in my previous company, because they were going through that transformation without having the design background or the tech background. They were a traditional company in that sense. And um, what I noticed is that experimenting with the type of service that would provide a customer journey that that connects to in that case was uh, how do you do explorations in oil and gas and how do you how do you model that uh, that was a very interesting type of um, organizational transformation that needed to happen because we needed to help people in a very specific type of expertise understand that there's a tool that helps them to model and that tool can be catered catered to their to their needs but it can also improve their current workflows and improving their workflows is the type of work that you need to really test and experiment with your stakeholders and while this one was a b2b or sort of like internal tool um it it says a lot about uh, anything that you would do customer facing as well because the organization needs to work with the elements of the service 
and decompose those parts and say we work with this traditionally like that you are suggesting to work like that can you give us a reason why and how to do how to do that better and and uh this i guess is also sort of what a cultural barrier or an organizational barrier to actually experiment with things like if they they have to be open to do something with these experiments and yeah want to add to, yeah, it's to a, that? yeah 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 it's a it's it, it's a mix of things so mm -hmm. there's the resistance that plays out with different leadership roles that would not necessarily understand what design is and would say we already have processes in place and you are a designer so you should respect and design around the processes that we have and then um, what we do then is we take in the process and we look at it and we redesign it with intent with the intent that we now communicate to the leadership team and we look for um, those um, um, let's say uh, change champions that would allow us to to really get to the next level to move the needle in that context mm. but mm. It's it's that resistance. It's the not knowing and not understanding. Um, as I said, with the DNA, right? The company might not have the right DNA, and the processes that are there and that served us up to this point have been so long there, the legacy that you don't even question them anymore, and you're on autopilot with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a struggle that uh, that 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 is common in almost any organization and for every service design professional then uh, did you want to add something to that to that yeah just two other kind of barriers that mm -hmm. came up in our circle you know maybe not necessarily in our context but just um you know just the, in some organizations they're not doing testing at all right because there's a belief that you just that there's not a value in it or there's so much pressure just to get to market so i mean that's a barrier in and of itself uh, related to the the organizational culture um and then just building what arena was talking about in terms of when you're working with existing services, there's usually someone that owns those services and there's a lot of territorialism in that. And just echoing that, we heard that a lot from our peers that are working in context where, you know, they might not be creating a new, a new service, you're evolving something that, ex that exists and that territorialism can be a huge barrier. Mm, yeah. Uh, and the other thing that you mentioned, like getting quickly to market, like that pressure that also affects, uh, we had a, recently had a conversation about doing research and evaluating services. Uh, we heard a similar like roadblock. So it's interesting that we are, we are running up against uh, similar things. Um, but the good thing is uh, throughout our session in Circle, we managed to sort of... Uh, find five common best practices common tips common 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 ideas on how to actually do uh, not per se more experiments but better better in the sense experiments that do deliver more value and where you actually get to try stuff out to get people on board uh i would suggest let's just dive into them and maybe um you can share an uh, example to illustrate what they are. Um, Irina, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, you could pick one that was dear to your heart. Like, what was one of those best practices that uh, emerged? So some of the things that we talked about when considering, uh, let's say, the organizational transformation was to basically map the capacities and the values of different stakeholders to use the same type type of terminologies to uh, create champions that would allow you to move the needle in that direction and to focus on training and 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 building that capacity so just just to give an an example where that is successful right now um as I'm basically uh, working in this new company where we do have the DNA uh, of, of design, um, we're, we're basically much more open to discussing about that. So I need to do less uh, training on, on capacity and, and I'm lucky in that sense. But then we are focusing on what, like we're going to the next level. So after we, we've been able to really focus on um, making sure this really delivers, on, on the promise that we made. Uh, we're now testing on what's the impact uh, 
of that service long term. So when we talk about big picture uh, topics like sustainability, like circularity in that context that I'm working in now, uh, we're talking about um, the next phase of if I do that like that, what is the impact? And those best practices that we that we had are 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 very useful because we're we're aligning on that terminology and we're moving into the same direction uh, together and elaborating on that on what that means for us mm. and we're bringing nuance and we're bringing um, that 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 cultural diversity uh, that our company benefits from because. Um, it's very important to think of sustainability or big picture topics like that uh, with the idea of demo democratization and, and, and enabling everyone to doing sustainability for the many people, not just for a few privileged ones. Mm. So that kind of design principles are now embedded uh, into how we work. So, um... And you mentioned this in the context of understanding organizational capacity exactly. and um, like for you, your the organization you're in is apparently more mature with when it comes to design. When it comes to design, but but not necessarily technology, and that's where it's um, uh, that that breaking point where mm. you still need to apply the lens of experimentation in a digital sense and bring in new digital practices to an organization that is used to do practices that are connected to the analog product dimension and not the service one. This makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious, like, did you, how do you actually assess that organizational capacity? Because it's really like, we can easily talk about it, like <laughs> understanding organizational capacity, and then we move on to the next thing. But imagine that I'm a service designer inside, uh, I don't know, a bank. How do I mm -hmm. actually assess that? Did, do you, have you found any frameworks, tools, things that have helped you to understand what the organization is capable of? It's usually a few things. Uh, one of them could be that you're uh, trying to, to test uh, how they see the delivery of that service, if they see it in a very functional way. If it's all about functionality, then they will not look at the big picture of its impact. They will make sure that it's uh, right on the dot, like what Dan said, right? Like the budget is very low, so please focus on delivering the service, make it happen. So if you're focusing on 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 those kind of things, then you kind of know it's it's a little bit lower uh, maturity in that sense, and you're basically still communicating about the basis and and why is it important for them to test that, to uh, go to market uh, in a specific way. And then when you are in the other type of organization where that has always uh, been part of uh, the DNA and they've been delivering the functional product or, or the commoditized part of your service for a long time, then they are focusing on how can we do this better and what is the influence that it has on our customer when we deliver it like that so the questions are at a completely different level and you mm. can see that right away but most of the time uh, the, the the tool that i use is literally assessing the language because uh, i think language is that portal that we're not talking about enough if you have the terminology that is from let's say a medium blog or <laughs> you are using the buzzwords but you once you try to dissect what that means in behaviors you can't get an answer and people get stuck then you understand that um, the practices are not there yet it's not embodied knowledge it's knowledge at a superficial level and you need to tap into the salient knowledge of the organization on what they do on a daily basis so mm -hmm. what i do is sometimes have um, those, uh, let's say, in internal uh, stakeholder interviews where I tap into their diaries and I ask them, hey, how, like, how, can you tell me a little bit more about your day? How does your day look like? What kind of things are you involved in and what kind of meetings do you attend? And one of the great things about designing uh, an organization according to the meetings that people have is, is that you really see what they put their priority on. If the leadership team is spending their time figuring out how to 
communicate corona, it means they've never really even dived into the mental health of their employees before. Because if you need to communicate that as a separate topic, then it means you haven't done the basics. Mm. Yeah. And uh, now you're forced by context to do the, ne the next level. <laughs> And uh, I'm happy that you sort of bring up these examples because this is what I enjoy about our conversations inside the circle. We have the opportunity to make such abstract things like organizational capacity very tangible. And um, your in your example, the good thing is that it's not hard. Like it's having conversations about the things that people do on the day-to-day -day basis, understanding and observing which language they use. Like that's, that's the tool, that's the framework. And... Uh, yeah. It's not hard you just have to put time and effort in it but that's the way to do it um thanks uh, irina i'll get back to you uh in a mm -hmm. second i'd like to move over to uh a uh, next uh, best practice that sort of emerged uh dan was there anything that was there to your heart in on our list yeah absolutely <laughs> another thing we talked about um you know and it, and it goes back to what i was talking about at the beginning which is putting that effort in versus value out uh, is testing what matters to the key stakeholders. Um, you know, as you're thinking about all these different sort of things to test, I think as service designers, we're really great at empathizing with our end users. Um, and sometimes we forget about, as Arena was sort of talking about empathizing with what are the problems that our uh, stakeholders are trying to address, the, our business partners, the staff that's going to implement some of these things. Um, and so just making sure that, um, you know, we're testing some of those things. We have a, an example from a, a project we're working on where we went through this process. We tried to say, okay, there's a, a new distribution model that we're testing. Um, what are all the key uncertainties? What should we test? Well, one of the things that wasn't on that list was about uh, pickup, pickup times and um, pickup frequency. Mm -hmm. And we were getting 20% of people that weren't picking up their, the product that they ordered. And the CEO that we were... Um, testing with said, look, if that's, if it's 20%, I'm not, that's something I'm not going to pay for. I'm not going to continue to provide that type of service. So now all of a sudden that became a critical variable that we had to say, okay, what kind of tests, what kind of experiments can we run to see if we can reduce that time down to something that's manageable for that CEO or stakeholder. That wasn't something that we were thinking about at the beginning. And if we weren't listening to that CEO, it would have been something, it would have been something that we just would have ignored. And then we would have gotten to the end and designed everything else perfectly, but we would have forgotten about some one key element of this that really mattered to the, that champion, right? This is our early adopter. That's going to be the person that's going to then share that, particularly in my world, um, you know, the, the, those early adopters are the ones that um, that really share the, the, the success with others. And so it's so important to make sure you're, you're thinking about them. But of course, not just the CEOs. You have to think about the staff as well and, um, you know, what are, what are some of their, their key variables. So how do you yeah how do you decide that because uh, testing what matters to them like the, the, I can imagine even in your context there are dozens of uh, stakeholders like it, there's always something that matters to someone so how do you decide where to start and what to test first Yeah I mean I think that's just part of what we're good at which is facilitating and making sure that we're having upfront conversations with our stakeholders. To, to get those things out in the first place. I mean, even taking one step back, it's mapping those stakeholders and thinking about mm. who's affected by this project or, or work. Uh, and a good conversation we had in the circle was like, but like also think about the stakeholders that are gonna be impacted if this thing comes uh, in, into, into the market. Uh, and sometimes some of our colleagues talked about failures being when you didn't acknowledge those immediately adjacent players. So just really being thoughtful at the very beginning about who's directly affected and who's adjacently affected. And then having good facilitation conversations, you know, using the same sort of skills that Arena was just talking about, making sure if they're not in the workshops, you're having one-on-one -on -one conversations with them to just understand, again, what are their big problems? What are they focusing on? What, mm -hmm. what does risk look like to them? Uh, and what does success look like to them? Uh, and then making sure that then you're, then you're doing your work to triangulate and sort of say, okay, well, we still only have a limited amount of resources and time. Um, making sure that you start with strategy. Like, well, what's prioritized? Uh, another thread that came out of our circles was just sometimes people are testing things that matter to their immediate stakeholders, but it's not tied to the strategy of the organization. I mean, somewhat related to my example. Uh, and so if it's not tied to the strategy, ultimately the, the stakeholders further up the chain 
uh, aren't, aren't getting the, the data that they need to make those decisions, as Rena talked about that, that definition from the very beginning. So making sure that you're thinking up the chain, but you're also just you know thinking about your immediate and adjacent stakeholders and then triangulating. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, while you're describing this, I'm thinking um, what you're basically trying to do is find the data, whatever that might be, that gives the important decision makers the confidence to continue implementing, rolling this out, further developing the service, right? That's, you're trying to figure out what gives them the confidence. Exactly. And that data looks different, you know, to a CEO or someone else that's, uh, it's viability, you know, it's, it's, uh, operational kinds of things to a frontline stakeholder. It's making sure that they can continue to provide the service in the way that they want to provide it. You know, it's a, it's mm. more, maybe more of an emotional, uh, kind of thing. And that's, and that's how you described it really nicely by saying, testing what matters, figuring out what matters to that person is like step one. And then the actual testing part becomes so much easier, right? Yep. Absolutely. Irina, uh, do you have another one for us? I mean, yes, I do. And it's very much connected to what Dan said about, um, uh, the testing, the key uncertainty, right? Because that key uncertainty can be about a small thing or about a big thing. Um, and, and measuring the impact from the level of uncertainty that you have, I think it's another very important takeaway that we had um, from, from the circle. Because some of the um, things that we did were to discuss, of course, the main conversation was about, is this a new service uh, that you're developing versus an existing service that you're developing? And in that matrix that we that we designed with a uh, new service on one end and and uh, existing service on 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 the other, we also had a vertical dimension of you are the one leading the experiments versus uh, you're the one that's uh, framing how these experiments are going to happen and you're delivering it to another team. In Dan's example, he said, yeah, well, we did that. We we externalized that and they were focusing on completely different things than, than what we wanted to measure, and that did not work. So those are kind of the, the dimensions in which we're operating. And when we're thinking about uh, the level, uh, I remember again uh, that, uh, that, that story that I told, uh, told with my startup. Um, I was in an, um, in an incubator uh, in, in Yes Delft, because you know I live in the Netherlands as well, um, and my mentor back then, um, Bob, Bob Janssen, he's uh, very much focused on, you probably know him, uh, he's very much focused on experimentation. And he said, start really small and uh, focus your, 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 uh, your attention on the main uncertainty. And that main uncertainty may be something really, really small and dismissible, but it's going to be that emotional connection that Dan was talking about. And that's what really matters. You might taste, uh, um, uh, you might start with with a service that has a complicated range of products that unites under one umbrella. But if you're able to test what is different in your uh, gap <laughs> that you're bridging, because the service is, is is basically that that umbrella on top of different products that may have been on the market, even though in not, not your, in, in your organization may have been in the market for a while already before you launched your own service. So you just need to find what is that differentiating point and test on that at that emotional level and, and figure out if it matters to them. Mm. <clears throat> what, I like, uh, <laughs> what I like about this example is uh, the analogy that came up with me when you mentioned key uncertainty is I had to think about journey maps and like the way we visualize services. Mm -hmm. And when we think about service improvement, we understand that we cannot improve the entire service at once or the entire journey at once. We find the moments where the service breaks down or like the, the moments uh, of influence. Uh, yeah. And we, uh, we start there. What I like here is that you said uh, key uncertainties. That's great because did give this gives a very practical sort of prioritization for yeah, what to for test experimentation, for yeah. experimentation, like figure out what is the key uncertainty, what will make or break your concept in this stage. And, and then combine it with what Dan said, figure out 
what the people who are uh, going to make sure that this service actually gets into the world find important, combine that key uncertainty with that. And then you have a very good starting point for what to test. And this doesn't have to be the entire service. It can be something exactly. so, small or practical. Yeah. So if I may give an example from the current or, uh, uh, organization. Um, so one of the in, in interesting things about key uncertainties in a referral model that we're operating in is that we cannot really control one bit of the uh, journey that is outside of our remit. And our stakeholders are constantly talking about our digital success with this service. So one of the things that I've challenged them to think is, okay, let's think as if we're orchestrating the entire service. And let's think as if that little bit at the end that you are outsourcing is still ours because it still sort of wears our logo and, and brand reputation on it, right? And if you put that on the shoulders of a partner, it's gonna be a little bit overwhelming. But if you take that in-house and you design for that with that intent in mind from the beginning, you might be able in your digital experience to include some of the things that would give a hint to your end user about what is it that they should expect in that, in that last bit of your experience that you cannot really take control over. And the key uncertainty there, because uh, we're talking about energy um, uh, uh, products and uh, let's say uh, you're going to find solar panels tomorrow uh, in your house because somebody uh, implemented them on the roof because last night you checked out on the website and you said, yes, I want the solar panels and you paid, but you have not managed to decide when is the right date for those people to come in your house, how are they going to put them on your rooftop and all these other elements that are part of the orchestrated experience. And one of the great things that we do as service designers when we test with that key uncertainty is that we are asking our stakeholders, what are they aware of as being the highest risk in this business model? And that's when we start looking at the business model canvas and we start asking them, so we have this customer value proposition and we have this customer uh, uh, segment that we're addressing. And what is the business model that we're operating in? And are we aware of the types of risks that can come out of that? And the risks that come here are informing that key uncertainty uh, in, a, in a really interesting way, because for us, it was all about that uh, anxiety of someone uh, going through the journey of installing the solar panels and not knowing how exactly that will happen how much mess will it be in my house? How is it going to uh, affect my daily schedule? How long will it take to implement it? Um, yeah, what are the different, do I need to drill mm -hmm. in some of the walls of my house? How is this going to look like? And that planification and that kind of uh, um, understanding of uh, the last bit of your, of your um, journey can be planned into your digital journey. And you can say, look, uh, in order for you to go to the next level, you will have to do an assessment. That assessment will take two to three days. It's going to be done by a partner. So all these elements then fit into, um, uh, into a uh, timeline hmm. that, that informs the customer about that experience. And then you de-risk your entire organization without even doing any prototyping. Sure. Yeah. And, and um... It's 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 about making the invisible visible, and this is again so uh, such a open door. But what you're making uh, visible are the you mentioned risks and where your service can break down and you know, uncertainties. Like mapping those out, literally mapping them out, is is going to give you great starting points. Uh, this was a great example. I know I said we had five best tips, but I think we mashed up a few already. <laughs> Uh, uh, into each other, but maybe then uh, was there one uh, left uh, yeah. that we yeah. haven't addressed yet? I think so. Um, you know, you need to make sure that you're thinking about these uncertainties, think about organizational capacity, thinking about what matters to key stakeholders. But if you're not also engaging those stakeholders at the right time in the process, uh, you're also going to you know fail in in part of that process. And we're we're so great at being participatory and engaging people. Again, sometimes we focus so much on the end users, but just making sure that uh, you know this is this is a change process. This is uh, you know this is part of that change process, and 
the things that people contribute to are the things that people feel like, um, you know, they, they, they have some ownership over. So making sure that from the beginning of that process, uh, we're engaging people, our stakeholders understand what the problem is and how, how important that problem is. Well, there's a beautiful example from the circle of just, they were struggling to get uh, funding to move forward with something. And they just got this group of stakeholders together and said, let's do a deep dive into some of these customer complaints. And it really brought that problem uh, <laughs> to life for, for that organization. And all of a sudden they got that funding, right? So it's, it's, that's one type of engagement, even at the very beginning. But of course, as we're going along and we're testing these, these concepts, um, you need to think about, make, make sure that leadership is there to, to see and experience some of these things. Make sure that you're testing with staff in the context in which uh, the service is going to be delivered. Um, because you're going to learn so much in that context, but those, you know, those stakeholders understand that context in a different kind of way, and things are just going to emerge that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have otherwise. I mentioned that um, that uh, example from before of um, just reminders, and you know, just making sure that you're bringing them in so that they could be part of that experience. And then as you're going along uh, and and you're doing these review sessions just being intentional about, hey, we're all learning these things. It's not just uh, us as service designers extracting this data, you know, collectively, what do we think about this at, at every point in the process? So just ho hosting review sessions and making sure we're saying, this is what happened, this is what we learned, how does this data help us make different decisions? Um, that creates that buy-in, that creates that ability um, to, to get those deeper insights as you're going along. Mm. Yeah. Uh Great one. And also something that should be dear to our heart, the co-creation part the involving of stakeholders. And then sort of the experimentation is, um, quote unquote, an excuse to actually change people's minds uh, and to show them what it's about to, to build that confidence uh, in the process. So um, if I have to recap uh, the things we went over is the organizational capacity, like understanding what it is, understanding the uh, organizational design maturity and catering your experiments to that, making sure that you are not going, uh, doing things that the organization isn't ready for yet. Uh, the other thing we discussed was testing what matters, making sure that you know what's on the agenda of the decision makers, whether they are the CEOs or people who actually have to deliver the service. We uh, talked about key uncertainties, mapping them, now understanding the risks where a service might break down. Uh, then you mentioned involving people in the uh, experimentation mm -hmm. process. And the final and last thing uh, that sort of is, I guess, uh, a red thread throughout everything is measuring impact. So, so it's experimentation and Irina, you mentioned at the start, it is about showing data and data can be anything. Like we had a different episode on that, but you mm -hmm. have to measure something. You have to make it tangible somewhere. And uh, the other thing I sort of got from uh, this is it doesn't have to be big. Like you cannot test the entire service, like test small bits and parts that matter. Um, Heading towards the end of this episode, I'm uh, curious to one final thing, um, and the, I'll start with you, Irina, and, and then I'll also have this question for you is, what was your biggest takeaway from this conversation in the circle, uh, Irina? Well, for me, the biggest was to understand that w in the context of a service, as opposed to a product, when you're testing, delivering it one time, uh, the service is basically uh, creating an experience that is much longer uh, lasting in the memory of, of the user. And the type of um, changes that you do in someone's behavior by making them adopt the type of service is going to be almost depending on the type of service that you're providing, right? But it's going to change the expectation that he has around the world. If you're saying you know, um, I'm going to deliver this experience where um, my service is going to deliver in 10 minutes. The expectation <laughs> of having that delivery in 10 minutes is going to take um, some time for you to adjust that, oh, that's really happening. In the beginning, it's going to be a surprise. But then um, as you start getting used to it, it becomes almost redundant and you take it for granted. So it's really important to decide 
what is the kind of uh, long-term expectations that you're putting out there in the world with the services that you're creating? Mm. And I think that was that was something that um, one of our colleagues shared in the circle with the 10 minutes delivery, which I found beautiful uh, example to show how entitled you become if you become addicted to such a um, to such a service. Mm. So it's really important to consider uh, the design principles behind the services that we put out there beyond the functionality mm -hmm. aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a responsibility and a, we have a yes. power and responsibility as yeah. designers. Uh, Dan, what was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I think, you know, it's just it, what's so great about the circle is we all come from different contexts um, and different situations. And so just that that reminder that you, you really need to know what context you're in um, to know how you need to move forward. You know, are you uh, in an environment where you're working with existing products and services? And so the challenge there is really just about getting that buy in, uh, you know, are you working in a context where you're not leading the the serve the experimentation and so it's really about building that capacity and, and what role what is that, what is our responsibility to help build that capacity and model it in different kinds of ways um, to break it down to make it more accessible so just really thinking about what's our context and therefore just the optimism of uh, you know there's there are barriers and they look different and uh but there's some common barriers and there are things that you can do about it and there's re there's repeatable strategies that you can do to to have more success and if we have more success we can deliver better products and services that's that's what it's all about uh and i i was really grateful that you hosted this session together for me it opened so many eyes like going back to the one of the first things you mentioned there is an entire vocabulary around experimentation, prototyping, pilots, and just getting yourself familiar with that, being becoming more sophisticated uh, with with this idea of experimentation is we can we can create five more episodes around this, and maybe we will in the future. But I thought this was a great uh, started to get the conversation going. So uh, Irina. Then uh, thanks a lot for hosting it and uh, looking forward to see you in the next Circle session. If you've made it this far into the episode, I really hope that you enjoy the conversation and learn something new. To wrap things up, I quickly want to remind you that if you're an in-house service design leader who would like to be part of these conversations in the future, then join us in the Circle. In the circle, you'll find other experienced professionals who you can connect with and learn from going beyond the basics. There is an application process to become a member of this community. If you'd like to know if you qualify, head over to servicedesignshow.com slash circle for all the details. So that's servicedesignshow.com slash circle. And you'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. My name is Mark Fontaine and I want to thank you for listening to the Service Design Show. It was a pleasure having you. Please keep making a positive impact and I'll see you very soon in a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. See you then.